Hello everyone, and welcome to Refinery Life Australia. I'm Gary Hoban, and I'm the Senior Pastor and Lead Elder of Refinery Life Church on the Gold Coast. If you're on the Gold Coast, come and join us as we meet together and we share in the Word of our Lord. We meet at 9.30 on Sundays at 222 Turpin Road, Labrador. And this week we're going to continue our series titled The Nature and the Ministry of the Church. Now these messages are focusing on the home and the school and the church and the state because they're the four great institutions that give meaning and stability to Western civilization. Today we're going to talk about the church and its mission. Let's pray before we go any further. Father, grant us the free spirit of giving as you have demonstrated it to us in the incomparable gift of your Son. Help us realize, Lord, that no gift to you is complete until we give ourselves along with our substance. As best we know how, Lord, we offer ourselves to you, weak and sinful creatures that we are. Accept us, Lord, along with our gifts, and make us conform to your holy will for our lives. It's in Jesus' name that we pray this morning. Amen. The text we're concentrating on today is Colossians 1, 23 and 24, and it says, And he will do this, if you continue in the faith, well-grounded and steadfast, and not shifting away from the confident hope that is a result of the gospel that you have heard, which is proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which the gospel I, Paul, was made a minister. Verse 24 says, Now I rejoice in my sufferings on your behalf, and with my own body I supplement whatever is lacking on our part of Christ's afflictions on behalf of his body, which is the church. That's a pretty powerful piece of scripture there in itself. But let, what we'll work through today is Colossians 1, 19 through to 29. So let, let's read the whole lot. For it pleased the Father, it starts in verse 19, for it pleased the Father for all the fullness of deity, the sum total of his essence, all his perfection, powers and attributes, to dwell permanently in him, the Son. And through the intervention of the Son to reconcile all things to himself, making peace with believers through the blood of his cross. Through him I say whether things on earth or things in heaven. And although... You were at one time estranged and alienated and hostile-minded toward him, participating in evil things. Yet Christ is now reconciled to you. Sorry, let me start that again. Verse 22, Yet Christ has now reconciled you to God in his physical body through death in order to present you before the Father holy and blameless and beyond reproach. And he will do this if you continue in the faith, well-grounded and steadfast, and not shifting away from the confident hope that is a result of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which gospel I, Paul, was made minister. Now I rejoice in my sufferings on your behalf, and with my own body I supplement whatever is lacking on our part of Christ's afflictions on behalf of his body, which is the church. In this church I was made a minister according to the stewardship which God entrusted to me for your sake so that I might make the word of God fully known among you. That is, the mystery which is hidden from angels and mankind for ages and generations but has now been revealed to his saints. God in his eternal plan chose to make known to them how great 
For the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this ministry, which is Christ in and among you, and hope and guarantee of realizing the glory. We proclaim him, warning and instructing everyone in all wisdom that is with comprehensive insight into the word and purposes of God, so that we may present every person complete in Christ, mature, fully trained, and perfected in him, anointed, For this I labor, often to the point of exhaustion, striving with his power and energy which so greatly works within me. What a wonderful piece of scripture that is. The church does not choose its mission any more than a soldier chooses what task he will do for the general or a herald chooses what message he will deliver in the name of the king. A mission suggests orders. And whenever people are sent on a mission or assigned to perform a task, they have received directions from a higher authority. Furthermore, those who are dispatched to fulfill a mission are not at liberty to change the orders or rearrange the assignment at will. God has chosen to carry out his plan and purpose on earth through the church. No other plan is set forth or even mentioned in the Bible. In our study of the church so far, we've looked at the, the purpose of the church, the growth of the church, and the under-shepherds of the church. This morning we look at the mission of the church. The words of our text in Colossians 1, 25 through to 29 comprise Paul's commission from God in his own words. The essence of God's commission to Paul is identical to the mission assigned to the church. Therefore, we will discover that the mission of the church is, first, to fulfill the word of God. Second, to proclaim the mystery of the indwelling Christ. And third, to preach a universal gospel. Let's look at those three things this morning. First one, to fulfill the word of God. Colossians 1.25 In this church I was made a minister according to the stewardship which God entrusted to me for your sake so that I might make the word of God fully known among you. How can the church do this? The first chapter of Colossians shows us three ways. The church must exalt Christ. Colossians 1, 17-19 He himself existed and is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also the head, the life source, and the leader of the body, the church, and he is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will occupy a first place to stand supreme and preeminent in everything. For it pleased the Father for all the fullness of the deity, the sum of his essence, and all his perfection, powers, and attributes to dwell permanently in him, the Son. This is one of the most important, important statements in the Bible concerning the position of our Lord Jesus Christ in regard to his pre-incarnate glory. And it also establishes him as the head of the church. Paul said that Jesus Christ was one with the Father before anything was made. He was one with the Father before anything was made. And not only so, after everything was created, he became the one whom everything held together. So this is our springboard. This is the way in which the church makes the word of God fully known. By exalting the incomparable Jesus Christ as Lord of Lords and King of Kings. 
and the church must recognize its role as co-laborers with God in the ministry of reconciliation. Colossians 1, 20 and 22 says, And through the intervention of the Son, to reconcile all things to himself, making peace with believers, and through the blood of his cross, through him I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. And although you were at one time estranged and alienated and hostile-minded towards him, participating in evil things, yet Christ has now reconciled you to God in his physical body through death in order to present you before the Father holy and blameless and beyond reproach. What happened when all the people sinned? The most tragic fragmentation of the world had ever known came about, didn't it? When Adam and Eve succumbed to Satan in the Garden of Eden, there was a moral explosion. Immediately, God, who had rested from his creative work on the seventh day, began a new work, the work of redemption. The work of redemption and the end result of which was reconciliation, or the bringing back to himself of that which had been separated from him. Then to further compound the mystery of God's sovereign grace, God made another decision in regard to this business of reconciliation. He decided to use the church. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.18, But all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ, making us acceptable to him and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, so that by our example we might bring others to him. God was saying to the church, this is a vital part of your mission on earth. You are co-laborers with me in this ministry of bringing the sinner face to face with their sins and with my saving grace. That's what he's saying to the church. The church must consistently encourage growth and stability among its own. Where do you stand on that? Because the church is encouraging you to grow and be stable. Colossians 1.23 says, If you continue in the faith, well-grounded and steadfast, not shifting away from the confident hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which gospel I, Paul, was made a minister. What was Paul saying here? When a person is born into the family of God, the church's task is to teach and establish the new Christian in the faith. Sometimes young Christians get off on a doctrinal tangent because the church is derelict in providing the proper spiritual diet. Thus the church that makes the word of God fully known through its teaching and through its pastoral ministry sees its people grow in the grace of our Lord. It sees them become established in the faith. You know, just being saved is not enough. You need to become established. You need to grow. You need to grow up. The second thing is the, to proclaim the ministry of the indwelling Christ. Paul said of Christ's indwelling believers that it was the mystery which was hidden from the angels and mankind for ages and generations, but has now been revealed to his saints, God's people. God in his eternal plan chose to make known to them <coughs> excuse me, how great for the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is in Christ. And among you, the hope and the guarantee of realizing glory. That's what it says in verses 26 and 27. The mystery of Christ indwelling the believer was clouded in ages past. Through the prophets and through the Old Testament symbols and sacrifices, 
God prepared his people for this grand and magnificent truth that he would one day come to live within his people in the person of his son. Furthermore, this truth is about Christ in you, the hope of glory has been made manifest. This means that it is as clear as daylight. When the sun rises each morning, it is a miracle. When the earth is shrouded in the darkness of night, the whole psychology of life has changed. All kinds of evil and crime find compatibility in the darkness. But after the night has ended, the eastern horizon begins to change, doesn't it? There seems to be a struggle as the long fingers of light from the rising sun stab through the darkness. And when you see it, you know what is happening. There is no mistake. The sun is about to rise. And the struggle, though it may be, the darkness is already defeated. And all it can do is slowly disappear and give place to light. I love the, the apartment we live in. With the buildings around us, you can see it every morning. If you get up just before sunrise, you can see the, the light starting to pierce through the darkness and touch some of the buildings. Gradually, over a few short minutes, the darkness disappears. The same thing happened in the spiritual realm. The first finger of light pierced the darkness and lit the warmed and warmed the heart of Abraham. And the light kept coming little by little, until Jesus came, and the sun rose in its fullness and in its brightness. And what was the result? Christ in you, the hope of glory. We can say with all joy and assurance that the mystery is now an open revelation to those who will receive it. The sun has risen. Look at John 1, 14. It says, And the word, Christ, became flesh and lived among us, and we actually saw his glory. Glory as belongs to the one and only begotten Son of the Father, the Son who is truly unique, the only one of his kind, who is full of grace and truth and absolutely free of deception. Come on. That's what we live for. The, to preach a universal gospel is the third thing here because it is a universal gospel that we have. Paul said in Colossians 1.28, we proclaim him, warning and instructing everyone in all wisdom so that we may present every person complete in Christ, fully mature, fully trained and perfect in him. The gospel is not to be proclaimed only to a select few or to an elite group. In his powerful sermon in Athens, Paul declared in Acts 17.30, Therefore God overlooked and disregarded the former ages of ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent, that is, to change their old way of thinking, to regret their past sins, and to seek God's purpose for their lives. In other words, the first note of the gospel is a clarion call to repentance. That's the doorway. For unless we repent of our sin, we cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. This call to repentance is issued to all people. It's universal in its scope. It's also a warning. The word Paul used for warning means to put in mind, to admonish. The warning is about the impending danger of losing your soul. Therefore, the mission of the church is to be faithful in the warning aspect of its message. Teaching every man in all wisdom, it says. This correlates beautifully to our Lord's great commission. 
after we have warned the unbelievers of the danger of continuing their sin, we are to teach them how to find deliverance from sin and guilt and to find peace with God. There we have it, right there. The mission of the church is to make the word of God fully known by exalting the Lord Jesus Christ, fulfilling our role as co-laborers with God in the ministry of reconciliation and encouraging growth and stability among the saints. We are proclaiming the mystery of the indwelling Christ and preach a universal gospel. It's what we're supposed to be doing and warning people and teaching all people that God in his grace and mercy and inconceivable compassion can save from sin and give assurance of eternal salvation. I want you to sit on that this week. I really want to encourage you as I do every week to be diligent with your Bible study time because God has so much more for us that we can get from just going to church once or twice a week and hearing someone else talk about the Word. When you spend time with God, your life will change in amazing ways because God is a Redeemer. There's nothing that's too hard for Him and He can make you whole, spirit, soul and body if you will allow Him to. You're important to God, you know that already, but you're also important to us at the refinery. So when it comes to prayer, we believe that God wants to meet your needs and reveal His promises directly to you. So whatever you're concerned about and you need prayer for, we want to be here for you. Even if you just want to say hi, you can contact us on www.refinerylife.org or via any of our social media channels. And until next time, stay in the blessings. <laughs>